joyful Easter tide away. Good day, friends. Welcome to the Daily Bread Scripture Readings devotional thoughts brought to you by St. Paul Lutheran Church in Clarence Center. I'm Ray Kozak, I'm the pastor of St. Paul. Uh, and uh, I thank you for taking the time to, to read God's Word along with me. Whether it's with me or on your own, whatever, God's Word is powerful. It's like lifting weights. It's so much, obviously, that's a dumb metaphor, but it's like you do it on a daily basis. You exercise. You're going to feel good. You can't do it all in one day, but you can do it today. Uh, so thanks for joining me. We're going to read uh, an account of Jesus amazed and then Jesus amazing uh, and then uh, some signs that he gives for us who are, you know, can't see him. So uh, let's pray uh, as we read Luke chapter 7. All right, here we go. Uh, thank you, Jesus, for sending your word to us. We pray that you would um, give us faith and uh, that we might be amazed by, by you. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, so we're going to read uh, Luke chapter 7, uh, verses 1 to 35. All right, it starts off. After he had finished all his sayings in the hearing of the people, he entered Capernaum. Now a centurion had a servant who was sick and at the point of death, who was highly valued by him. Now, just to point out, a centurion would not be a Jew. Uh, this would be uh, a Roman soldier, a Roman leader of soldiers. When the centurion heard about Jesus, he sent him elders of the Jews, asking him to come and heal his servant. And when they came to Jesus, they pleaded with him earnestly, saying, He is worthy to have you do this for him, for he loves our nation, and he is the one who built us our synagogue. Now just pause for a minute. We mostly have uh, stories of Romans and Jews not getting along. I mean, think about the, uh, the revolts, you know, in the days of, um, you know, the Hasmonean dynasty, you know, the, uh, the whole story of um, Antiochus Epiphanes uh, offering a pig on the altar in Jerusalem and then uh, the, the revolt against him. So there's many years of um, hatred between Romans and Jews, although the Romans actually were very good about letting people keep their customs. But every once in a while, a ruler would come who had a little bit more uh, zing zang and wanted uh, more power. Anyway, so here's a man who um, who is loved because he has loved them. All right, so this centurion, verse six, Jesus went with them when he was not far from the house. The centurion sent friends saying to him, Lord, do not trouble yourself, for I am not worthy to have you come under my roof. Therefore, I did not presume to come to you, but say the word, and let my servant be healed. For I too am a man set under authority with soldiers under me. And I say this to, and I say to one, go, and he goes. And to another, come, and he comes. And to my servant, do this, and he does it. When Jesus heard these things, he marveled at him. He was amazed at him. And turning to the crowd that followed, said, I tell you, not even in Israel have I found such faith. And when those who had been sent returned to the house, they found the servant well. This is an amazing story of the power of the words of Jesus. Jesus can do what he says. His word is powerful. So he can do what he says. Um, so thank God for that. Uh, another thing that's kind of important uh, for us is... Um, this word of the centurion, what does he say? He says, Lord, I am not worthy to have you come under the roof of my house. 
So I don't know if you've ever um, prayed that prayer when you go up to the Lord's Supper, but this is a, a prayer that I and many Christians often have. Lord, I'm not worthy that you would come under the roof of my mouth, but say the word and I shall be healed. That's a, it's a very common prayer and it's a good one to remember uh, as we receive the Lord's Supper. All right. Uh, moving on, Jesus now, that's Jesus amazed at this man's faith who believed the words of Jesus. And I think Jesus wants to be amazed at all of our faith as we might believe his words that whatever he says he's going to do, we believe that he will do it. Um, and so that's kind of what our faith is about. Um, Jesus, uh, Jesus' words are powerful and um, Lord give us faith that we might even amaze you uh, by the faith that you give us. So. Um, Alright, now we're going to read, uh, Jesus raises a widow's son. Now Jesus is amazing. Uh, verse 11, uh, this is kind of an important thing because it, uh, you know, Luke is writing probably 30 years after uh, this event and he tells you where it is and so that you might go back there and, um, and investigate if you're so wondering. Obviously in 2023 we can't do this, but for those he wrote to in you know AD 60 something, uh, you could have gone back to this town of Nain and, and heard the story of this account. Let's read it. Soon afterward, he went to a town called Nain, and his disciples and a great crowd went with him. As he drew near to the gate of the town, behold, a man who had died was being carried out, the only son of his mother. And she was a widow, and a considerable crowd from the town was with her. And when the Lord saw her, he had compassion on her and said to her, do not weep. Now this is not recommended uh, for you and me going to a funeral say, don't cry. What are you doing? Don't cry. This is supposed to be a celebration of life. That's a topic for another time. Uh, not advised, right? When you go to a funeral, you grieve. And we see from other places, Jesus did grieve. Uh, John chapter 11, you know, the shortest verse in the Bible. There's a few like this, but Jesus wept. Um, Jesus grieves. He, it's, he's okay with grief because he knows the havoc that death and, um, and despair have on this world. And that's why he came. But here he says, do not weep because he knows what he's going to do. And then he came up and touched the buyer, the, uh, the funeral, um, basically the casket. And the bearers stood still. And he said, young man, I say to you, arise. And the dead man sat up and began to speak, and Jesus gave him to his mother. Now think for a moment. This man's dead. He cannot hear, so he cannot listen. But again, it's the words of Jesus. What he says can create what he says, right? Like, let there be light, and there was light. Young man, I say to you, arise. This dead man who cannot hear sat up and began to speak. Uh, it sounds like... Uh, it sounds like a sci-fi thriller, and it is a thriller, it's awesome. Verse 16, fear seized them all, and they glorified God, saying, a great prophet has arisen among us, and God has visited his people, and this report about him spread through the whole of Judea and the surrounding country. Yeah, that's, that's awesome. And again, Luke is writing this, he tells you where it is, and uh, if you are so interested, in his day, you can go back to Nain. I'm sure this was uh, remembered by everyone who was there. There's a great multitude there. All right, now we're gonna read this account of John the Baptist. Some wonder if John the Baptist has faith or if he, in his faith, 
is directing his disciples to the one to have faith in. So let's, let's read this. This is messengers from John the Baptist. The disciples of John reported all these things to him, that is to John. And John, calling two of his disciples to him, sent them to the Lord, saying, Are you the one who is to come, or shall we look for another? And when the men had come to him, they said, John the Baptist has sent us to you, saying, Are you the one who is to come, or shall we look for another? And uh, Jesus answers by his deeds here. In that hour he healed many people of diseases and plagues and evil spirits, and on many who were blind he bestowed sight. And he answered them, Go and tell John what you have seen and heard. The blind receive their sight, the lame walk, lepers are cleansed, and the deaf hear, the dead are raised up, the poor have good news preached to them, and blessed is the one who is not offended by me. Now these are, uh, these are beautiful words. Jesus proves uh, who he is by what he does. Remember in the, uh, his first sermon, this is back to Luke chapter 4, you know, he unrolled the scroll of Isaiah and said, The Spirit of the Lord's upon me. He has christened me to proclaim good news to the poor. He sent me to proclaim liberty to the captives, a recovery of sight to the blind, to set at liberty those who are oppressed, and to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. This is, you know, this is uh, the prophecy of Isaiah that when the Messiah comes, these things will be set right. I think I, Isaiah probably figured it was all figurative, but Jesus fulfills it literally. And, uh, you know, there's, it's just an amazing thing that we kind of read these stories and be like, ah, he only healed a few people. Oh yeah, lepers, lame, whatever. It's like, if someone in our day could do these things, I don't know, can you imagine uh, just uh, just how famous they would be? And I think it's the same as the case in Jesus' day. He is so much sought after because like this just does not happen, right? This is so unusual. All right, so uh, let's, let's keep reading. When John's messengers had gone, Jesus began to speak to the crowds, excuse me, Jesus began to speak to the crowds concerning John. What did you go out into the wilderness to see? A reed shaken by the wind? What then did you go out to see? A man dressed in soft clothing? Behold, those who are dressed in splendid clothing and live in luxury are in king's courts. What then did you go out to see? A, a prophet? Yes, I tell you, and more than a prophet. This is he of whom it is written, Behold, I send my messenger before your face, who will prepare your way before you. So again, he is here quoting from, I believe this is Isaiah chapter 40, uh, the great turn in the book of Isaiah from judgment to, to grace. Now that's an over-character, over, overstatement, oversimplification. Uh, Isaiah 40 is a great turn in that book. Um, and, uh, is, and here it's the promise that Isaiah would... Uh, that one would come, a messenger would come, to prepare the way for the kingdom, the way of the king. Alright, so verse 28. I tell you, among those born of women, none is greater than John. Yet the one who is least in the kingdom of God is greater than he. Wow, that's a mystery, isn't it? That means me and you. Uh, John is the greatest, yet if we have faith as the least of these, we are greater than he. Ah, this is hard to understand, but I think Jesus is saying, how blessed it is for any to be in the kingdom. All right, verse 29. When all the people heard this, and the tax collectors too, they declared God just, having been baptized with the baptism of John. 
But the Pharisees and the lawyers rejected the purpose of God for themselves, not having been baptized by him. Uh, these are interesting verses that, uh, that tell us that God's purpose is uh, that, um, you know, that, that for, his, for their good, uh, God has a great purpose in mind for everyone. And we can read that in many different places in the New Testament, um, that God desires all to be saved, um, that it's the kindness of God that leads us to repentance, that Christ died as a ransom for all people, that God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, so on and so on. Um, God has a purpose and, you know, uh, we, we are prone to reject that purpose. Here, the people receive that purpose, beginning with the baptism of John. And uh, anyway, let's keep reading. And Jesus says, To what then shall I compare the people of this generation? And what are they like? They're like children sitting in the marketplace and calling to one, one another, We played the flute for you, and you did not dance. We sang a dirge, and you did not weep. For John the Baptist has come, eating no bread and drinking no wine, and you say, he has a demon. The Son of Man has come eating and drinking, and you say, look at him, a glutton and a drunkard, a friend of tax collectors and sinners, yet wisdom is justified by all her children. Uh, so it's like you can't have it one way. If, uh, if I'm out in the wilderness and I'm living an ascetic life, you say, that guy has a demon. If I, if I eat with um, sinful people and I drink wine with them, you say I'm a drunkard and a glutton. Uh, what Jesus does own this though. He is the friend of sinners. Uh, he is the friend of tax collectors and sinners. So in that we can rejoice. And Jesus sums it all up. Yet wisdom is justified by all her children. In other words, look at all these people who have received the purpose of God for them. Um, wisdom is justified by all her children. All right, well, um, that's it for today. Going to get going. Uh, hope and pray that God blesses you and that... Uh, you know, you can find something from his word that speaks to your immediate situation today. Jesus is amazing and he gives us faith and sometimes uh, he is amazed by that faith. So uh, pray that, that you would have faith like the, the centurion um, to trust Jesus and his word. All right, have a great day. Talk to you all later. Bye.